Hello and welcome to the Bonafide Basketball Podcast. We have a great show today, so stay tuned. What's up, guys? Jay Sauce here with Hot Rod. What's going on, Rod? Just chilling, man. Just watched the end of this Cavs-Pacers uh, game. It was a really good game, man. Cavs somehow put it out. What about you? I know. Same here. I was watching that, too, and I was wa- I was actually rooting for Indiana because, you know, I like to see an upset, but I don't know. It went, went down to the wire. It was a good game. Yeah, it was. It was uh, pretty surprising. Um, Cavs had another big lead, and they sort of seemed to blow it, and kind of looked like the Pacers were going to take it and have it yeah. be up yeah. 3-1, but, you know, Bron and them boys showed up and they pulled it out. Yeah, exactly. Bron, it's, it's hard to beat Bron no matter where you're at. Um, but let's go ahead. Let's get right into it, man. We got a lot, of, lot to talk about today. A bunch of games have happened. You know, first round. We even have a series over now. So... You know, these these are the first rounds kind of coming to a close. We're starting to see, okay, who's going to pull out these series Um, to start. I mean, I guess, do you have any observations, anything, you you know, you really just want to get out there about this series that you noticed over the past week? Heat in seven is my first thing. And the second thing, um, I'm really shocked at how good the pelicans played against the blazers i did not expect them to be the first team in the second round at all what do you think that's a good point you're i mean if you would have asked before the playoffs started who's gonna be the first team to advance you would have not said the new orleans pelicans <laughs> no i i would put a lot of money on that and i don't think anyone would bet me Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people still had. I had Portland winning, and they didn't win a game. Not all tw- one. 22 analysts on ESPN like voted before all the series. Every single yeah. one had Portland winning, and not a single one had New Orleans winning. And they swept the Blazers. That's crazy. Wow. That's insane. So, with that, one of the things we want to do a little bit differently, we're always trying to do new things on the show. So we're, we're trying to get more debates going. So we got some I got some phrases for you, Rod, that, you know, you're going to answer. Just tell me how you feel with some yes or no. So you got to pick a side and then I'll give I'll give my side, too. But um, it's going to be something new. And hopefully listeners, you like it. Um, so here we go. First thing, I mean, I guess it makes sense to start with since we were just watching the, the Cavaliers play against the Pacers. Um if Indiana somehow beats Cleveland in this series, are they the new favorite to come out of the East? And oh, no, I don't think so at all. I think if they pull it out, Philly and Toronto takes like a huge like sigh of relief because then I think those two are the favorites. And I think if Philly, you know, beats Miami and whoever they play next round, I believe they'll be. If they get to that Eastern Conference Finals, I think they'll have so much confidence, especially being young and all those shooters, mm-hmm. man. It's going to be real hard to beat those guys. I think they'll be in the Finals if they um, get there. Even if they play LeBron. So, that's that's going to be tough for Brown to get over. The, pay, the Philly. Yeah. You're saying Philly. So Philly would be the favorite if the Pacers win. And even if they, even if Cleveland wins, you still think Philly's got a legitimate chance. Yeah, right? I think that's they, what you're saying. Yeah, I think they have a legit chance with or without Cleveland in. Uh huh. And with Cleveland out, I, that's probably who I'd put my money on getting to the finals if everyone stays healthy, especially you know Embiid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go on the other side of this. I. I think if the Pacers beat Cleveland, that's no small task. And I'm taking them as the favorite because if they can take down LeBron, they can take down, uh, a, you know, a younger, 
less experienced version of LeBron and Ben Simmons. That's just me. I mean, I I say Philly does. They probably have more dangerous pieces, more like, you know, with Embiid. Redick is probably a more consistent shooter than just about anyone on the Cavs. Um, but I'm just, if they beat LeBron, I don't know how I can not see them as a favorite. I know they won't have home court advantage, but they're, they're the new favorite to me. If they win, they got it. So, <laughs> um, all right, next question, next topic. So, this one going to the West Coast. It's it, it involves the Warriors and the Spurs. Kawhi Leonard will be wearing a different jersey next year. If this, I mean, I, it doesn't really depend on this series as much, but you know, if they lose this series, which the Spurs, it's looking like they will. But Kawhi Leonard will be wearing a different jersey next year. Yes or no? That one is a tough one, but I think yes, because that just isn't how the Spurs roll. And I really think that they're trying to keep it as quiet as possible. And especially with, you know, Pop going through what he go, he's going through right now. And he's the president. Yeah. So he's the president and the coach. And he's really not happy about this whole Kawhi situation. So I think mm-hmm. it's more likely that he's traded, but... There was a report that came out the other day that he's not, if he does trade him, he's traded him to the East. So Miami, get your horses ready. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about that too. Uh, That like, I guess pop doesn't like to help out other West teams, which makes sense. If you're an organization, you don't want to, you know, hurt your own chances of making the finals. Yeah. And it's like Um, not rocket science. Like if I was in the East, I wouldn't want to trade a superstar to the Eastern team. So I can see him in the playoffs or whatever especially a guy's talent i i think i'm gonna have to go on the other side of this one too because all the stuff that has happened i think Kawhi, like you know these reports of oh he wants to go to la he wants to go to these other teams and markets i think Kawhi is just he's a quiet guy he just wants to be there he, he likes the familiarity of this team. Like, I don't think he wants to go to another team where he has to start all over again and, you know, be around all this change. He seems like the type of guy, you know, they they say reports he still drives like a 1998 Chevy Tahoe. Like, that's, that's a perfect example. He doesn't want to, you know, reinvent the wheel, go to a new team, try to build up from the bottom. I think he likes the Spurs. I think the Spurs like him. It's just unfortunate right now. I think it's, you know, we talked about it in the last podcast. It's due to contract talks. It's all about money. That's what this is. It's a business. And I think we will see him in a uniform next year again. Hopefully, the Spurs, I think I think it's going to be the Spurs. Huh. I just don't know if they're going to offer him that full max. I don't, especially after what Really? You don't think it. they'll? I don't know, man. It It's tough. They're, you know, kind of in a little tough cap situation. So, yeah. if I'm them, I mean, they still made the playoffs without him this year. And all the assets you could get from him, you know what I mean? It's something to really think about if you're, you know, man. Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I, that just seems so unlike them and Pop and the organization. Like, it would have to be a real, like, falling out. Like, well, I mean, unbelievable Kawhi, falling out. Kawhi has, like the craziest like trust issues and i feel like if your star player in your organization can't trust each other it's time to you know you know true part ways it's, it doesn't make sense for him to sign a five-year you know 200 million dollar contract yeah. if he doesn't trust the organization and they don't trust him because he cannot play for them whenever he doesn't want to true good point good point We'll see. I think he'll be there. I think Pop, you know, they'll have a like, conversation once I'm they like put the contract together. I'm like secretly hoping he's not, so he's traded to the Heat. But it's just to the Heat. Well, yeah, that report that came out there that helps your chances if they can. What would they be able to offer though? What draft picks? Who who you nah, think they'd, they'd offer? Like, probably Winslow, maybe Tragic, because you know how Pop likes those European point guards. 
like in Dragic, I feel like he's a little older, but in the Spurs system, he'd be like another good three, four years. Uh huh. So, all right. I think it it start with those two. If I'm Miami, there's no way I trade Richardson or Bam, but they probably have to give up one of the two as well. Yeah, I think you'd have to give up Bam. Yeah. I think if you're the Spurs, how do you not come out with Bam yeah. out of that trade? I mean, Bam, Dragic, and Winslow for Kawhi Leonard, that's that's pretty good. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, Winslow's pretty much a jump shot list Kawhi. Yeah. I don't know. If I'm the Spurs, I don't do that trade because Dragic is old. Winslow's disappointing. And <laughs> I need draft picks. I need a first-round pick. Oh, they'd probably get a I need first Bam. round on that. They'd probably need, get a first-round yeah. pick out of that, too. But, I mean, that's what you got to give up for, like, a superstar. And Pat Riley's known for going after these superstars. I mean, Shaq and Alonzo Mourning yeah. back in time. So, it's like, this is, like, a Pat Riley-type move. All right. Well, moving on. Got another question for you. Mm-hmm. Will the Timberwolves win another game this season? Yes or no? Nah, I think this game, this series is over in five. That's what I predicted. I knew the Timbos would win uh-huh. one home game. Um, I think it's still going to end in five. I just don't think they have enough offense to keep up with the Rockets. And their defense isn't that yeah. great. Yeah, I think, you know, last game they got kind of lucky in the sense that, you know, Jimmy Butler had a great game. Carl Towns had a, had a pretty good game, the type of game he should have been having. He didn't have an outstanding game, but he had, you know, an average game. And I thought they got great bench production from, like, D. Rose. D. Rose had, you know, the best game I've seen him play in a meaningful scenario in a long time. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on this. I don't think they win another game. I think they got, you know, it took everything they had to win that one game. If Wiggins can come out and show me something, then they have a chance to win another game. But overall, we know he's going to win this series. Rocks are going to win it. Um, I don't know. They, you know, they they if if Wiggins shows up like like he should be, then they they have a chance. But I got Rockets. All right, moving on. Next topic. This one involves the Thunder. So Carmelo Anthony is the reason that the Thunder are losing to the Jazz right now. Yes or no? I say no because he may be one little reason, but he can't be the reason. I mean, they're not hitting shots and they're just their offense just doesn't look that good against you know Utah mm-hmm. who has like one of the top defenses in the league so I don't I wouldn't completely blame it on Melo but at the same time he's definitely dropped from like the third best player on this team coming into the season to the fourth or fifth best fourth Dude. or fifth so who you well, got over him Steven well, Adams Steven Adams and sometimes Jeremy Grant is just way more valuable to them than he is uh-huh just I mean I'm not saying overall but like there's certain situations where he's just a better defender, shot blocker, and he'll hit that occasional yeah. outside three that teams have to respect. And he's such a good like rebounder too. Like he's athletic. He's literally everything that Melo's not. <laughs> athletic rebounder. <laughs> yeah, like defender. Yeah, and but Melo's just a better and obviously a proven guy in the league. So he has that like name credit. Yeah. But other than that. Jeremy Grant is pretty much everything Melo is not. So some nights Melo is the fourth best, some nights he's the fifth best. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to say I think Melo is the reason because coming into this season, when they got Melo, the hope was not to be a playoff contender, not to be a Western Conference Finals contender. It was to be a championship contender. And I think throughout the entire season their expectations have only gone down it went to oh can they you know at one point it was can they even make the playoffs and then you know now it's okay they've made the playoffs 
can they win the first round? They're down to the Utah Jazz, who lack an all-star on their team. This team has a, a, a former MVP. It's got a former greatest scorer in the league at one point, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, one of the greatest scorers of all time. It's got Paul George, who was in the MVP conversation a few years ago, considered to be one of the best two-way players in the game. And they're in this situation. You know, I think it's because Russell Westbrook's been putting in his work. Paul George has been doing what's expected of him for the most part in the series. I think the one of that big three that's coming up short is Melo. I mean, he's just kind of not a factor. And on this team, you know, Melo's traditionally been the kind of guy who needs the ball in his hands to be successful. And on this team, the ball is not in his hands. So he's turned into a kind of just a jump shooter or a catch it on the block, a little fade away. And I think he's just not doing enough if this team wants to win. It might not be his fault. It might be the fact that Russell Westbrook has the ball in his hands for like 90% of the game. But, you know, I'm, I think Melo's got to step up somehow So you think if they want to win. So you think he's the reason? I mean, if Melo was averaging 25 points or 20 points a game in this series, I think... I mean, all the games have been close. I think, you know, probably would have been different if he's hitting shots down the stretch, if they have another option that they can go to. Russell Westbrook can get a shot in his own. Paul George can get a shot in his own. But, you know, Melo's supposed to be that senior leader. And at the end of games, you know, he's he's not even – it's like he's not even a factor, really. And Steven Adams, like you said, Steven Adams has by far become their fourth best player. Like – or, or uh, third best player – not even fourth. He's their third best player. Like Steven Adams is so integral to what they do now. I think, you know, he's doing what he can, but they need someone else to step up and Melo's got to be that guy. And if he had been, I, I think, I think he, you know, he's the reason if he was stepping up, they wouldn't be down two one right now. So next topic. All right. If the Toronto Raptors do not win this series, I guess a little background, you know, before today, they were up, but now it's 2-2. After the games today, it's 2-2. So if the Toronto Raptors don't win this series, Dwayne Casey will be back coaching the team next year. Yes or no? Oh, that one's another tough one. I would say no, he's not. Because I feel like he's in the same hot water that Terry Scott is in from uh, Portland, where they had uh-huh. such a great regular season, but you know, kind of blew apart in the playoffs. And these are two coaches yeah. that were kind of on the hot seat coming into the season. And it's funny how, like, when the season ended, you'd think, "Oh, these guys are locked to keep their job because they made the playoffs." I mean, the Raptors are the one seed. The yeah, the Blazers were the three seed. And then the Blazers go and get swept by the Pelicans. And Terry Scott's back on the hot seat. He's probably going to get fired. And then Dwayne Casey, they're the one seed. They're the number two seed overall in the whole league. Like, they had a better record than Golden State. And then they go and lose to the eight seed. I think he's gone, too. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of have to agree with you. If they lose in the first round, I think Dwayne Casey's gone. But it's just interesting to me, and it just shows how quickly things can change because there have been talks at Dwayne Casey, you know, is up for coach of the year. He's had, they've had the best year in Toronto Raptors history. And it's, it's kind of just, I think, bad timing because they've been, they've been kind of at this same level for so long. They've been a top team in the East, but they've never seen success. So now, you know, in their best year, their best regular season, if they come up losing in the first round, it's kind of not not much else you can do because you know you got the players. You just that's what you do in the NBA. You either trade the players or you fire the coach, and most of the time you fire the coach. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, we talked about you know the Wizards being a team that could blow things up. I mean, the Raptors would lose, but do you think they would blow that up? Uh huh. I think yeah, they would make some type of move for sure, because I think you have to. Yeah, yeah. 
Cause that's that's same with the Blazers. Question. And so, I kind of want to ask the next question since this is kind of a question that could relate to Toronto if they end up in the situation that Portland was. Uh huh. So this will be our 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 question here, our yes or no question here for uh, the Blazers Pelican series. After this series and the Pelicans being the number three seed or the Blazers being the three seed coming in. Are they considered uh-huh. frauds, or did they just fraud? Bad? Yeah, frauds. Like for you know, <laughs> fooling people into thinking they were gonna be really good, but coming in like they weren't very good. Like they were fooling everyone, basically during yeah. the season. Would you consider them frauds or not? Honestly, I'm gonna say yes because. My question for you is, where is Damian Lillard? Like, is can can you tell me where he is? Because somebody needs to find him, and I know who has him. Bring, bring him back to the I, Blazers because he. What? Oh, oh, who has him? Uh, nah, I know who. I Drew know Holiday. Who Drew yeah, Holiday has him. Drew Holiday. He's been hiding him. Dude, uh, Drew Holiday. I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming, Drew Holiday, at all. Uh, Joel and I used to argue all the time about who won that trade when yeah. the Sixers traded Drew Holiday for, you know, mm-hmm. Nerlens Noel and eventually Alfred Payton pick. And mm-hmm. I was like, the Pelicans, like at the time, it looks like the Pelicans, you know, tried too hard to get, you know, they spent a little bit to get a player just so they could, you know, please Davis. And I was like, yeah. before Drew Holiday's injuries, like, he was really good. Like, I was like, that was a good move. You pair a young point guard with the, you know, young budding big man, you know, eventually mm-hmm. they blossom and be good. So I always was on the Drew Holiday side, and Joel and I would always go back and forth. And he always thought, you know, the Pelicans would be better off with Nerlens Noel and whoever they would have drafted, which is, ended up being Alfred Payton. But mm-hmm. they traded that pick for Sarek. So they ended up getting Sarek, who was really good. But, like, yeah. it's just, like, even I at the time never saw this coming for Drew Holiday. Like, he's literally probably the best two-way player in the league right now, like, during this playoffs. Like, I've never seen anyone guard Damian Lillard like that. Yeah, I have to agree. That was so surprising to not just do it defensively. So, first of all, he took Damian Lillard. Because Damian Lillard's usually a killer. Like, I've said it before. He's, like, the closest mentality to Kobe Bryant that I thought was out there. Other other than, you know, Westbrook. But but Lillard has that jump shot, that killer jump shot where he can get, you know, he can just get a bucket when he needs to. And he was virtually shut down. I mean, he still averaged, you know, over 18 a game for the series. But for, for Lillard and for what he means to the Blazers, that's just not going to cut it. No. And... Drew Holiday was a direct, you know, factor in that. And I just can't believe, like, how far this journey's come with Drew Holiday from, you know, he was an all-star back in the day, a long time ago with the Sixers. Um, And then, you know, he came to the Pelicans, like you were talking about, injured, didn't play that much. The team was bad on a minutes restriction every season. Then his wife gets ill. And he takes off some time, an extended period of time to be with his wife, which was, you know, great for him. Like, great guy. You, you kind of just hope that guys like that, you know, get something in return. Something comes back and does well for them. Good karma. And it looks like that that happened. I cannot believe. He was, like, doing stuff I've never seen Drew Holiday yes. do. Just walk up, drain a three-pointer right in somebody's face, score 40 points. Like, What? Where he did this like, come from? <laughs> he was like crossing people, making people dance, and ju- finishing at the rim. Yes. I'm like, dude, where was this? Like years ago, like where this is I coming know. out now, and scoring forty. I looked at the score and I was like, Anthony Davis had forty-seven, which is like okay, that's AD forty-one. Yeah. Holiday, I'm like, what? Like I couldn't, mm-hmm. believe it. I couldn't believe it. But man, he's yeah, he's really stepping up, and dude. If he plays like this and playoff Rondo continues, Golden, this ain't no cakewalk for Golden State. Well, that actually leads right into my next question for you. Yes or no, 
the Pelicans have a legitimate chance against the Warriors next round? I say yes because they can possibly have the best player on the floor. And usually and Anthony best, Davis. Yes, and Anthony Davis. He he could be the best player on the floor. And I don't think Golden State has an answer for him. So I think they have really? a legit chance if the other guys around him step up like they did last series. Because they, they wouldn't sweep, you know, the Blazers if they didn't have guys step up like Drew Holiday, like Rajon Rondo. Who's Very true. Like, Very true. Playoff Rondo. He literally has that nickname, Playoff Rondo. And like guys like Etuan Moore, Ian Clark. Ian Clark was a warrior, so he knows, you know, how things go. And Gentry was a coach on the oh, Warriors. Yeah. So, I mean, they have guys with a lot of knowledge on the Warriors and what they want to do. And they have possibly yeah. the best player on the floor. That, those are good points. Those are great points. I'm going to have to go the opposite, though. I know you Do will. they have a legitimate chance? Nope. Not to me. <laughs> uh, I think whether Curry comes back or not, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping he comes back because, you know, I'm a Warrior fan. Lakers first, Warriors second, you know. But I just think this Warriors team, when they want to, are going to – they're just going to outplay them. And the, the role players on the Warriors are going to outplay the role players on the Pelicans. And I just don't think the Pelicans, specifically meaning um, Drew Holiday – and someone, Anthony Davis, I don't think, like, they can't score 40. They both can't score 40 points every game because that's what it's going to take to beat the Warriors. And they're going to have to hold Clay Thompson. Somebody's going to have to guard Clay Thompson. That's probably going to be who? You think that's going to be Drew Holiday? I think well, it will. If he's guarding Drew Holiday, well, it's bye-bye Clay because he's bye-bye Lillard. Yeah, but Clay Thompson is a much better defender. Lillard's known as being a bad defender. So, Anyway, my argument No, what do you mean about him being a better defender? Like Clay Thompson's gonna be able to like Drew Holiday's gonna have to guard Clay Thompson and Clay uh-huh. Thompson's gonna be guarding Drew Holiday. Uh-huh. So it's not gonna be like with Lillard trying to stop or McCullum trying to stop Drew Holiday where he's got where Holiday's got a height advantage and he's playing, you know, Lillard and McCullum Lillard and McCullum are kinda known for being bad defenders. Well Clay Thompson He's one of the best two-way players in this league, just like Drew Holiday. And they're going to be going back and forth. They're closer to the same height. So it's the trade-offs. And I think Klay Thompson's going to get the better of him because he doesn't have to dribble the ball every play because he's not a point guard. Now, Rondo um, Rondo takes a lot, of, a lot of those point guard minutes from Drew Holiday now. So it's going to be a battle. But I'm taking the Warriors. I think, you know, Pelicans might win one game. They might. But... I got my boy Draymond. Draymond, he might be short, but he he's gonna guard Anthony Davis. And they got so many bigs they can just throw at him, throw fouls at him, play tough, physical. You know, throw McGee at him for a few minutes. Throw Kevon Looney at him for a few minutes. Pick up some fouls. Throw Jordan Bell. I mean, even Pachulia. Bring him off the bench. So yeah, I got the Warriors. The cheap. Hey, Pachulia is not a dirty player. People give him a bad rep. He's clumsy. He's a clumsy guy. That's why he can't make a layup. Have you ever watched him try to make a running layup? He gets a bad rep. Anyway, that's not the point. I completely disagree, but we could we can move on. But no, I think with the uh, Pelicans, if Curry doesn't play, they have a legit shot to win the series. I 100% believe that they have a legit legit shot to win if he does play and he's healthy then i don't think they really have that big of a shot as you know as the point i was making earlier well we will see only time will tell i got the warriors and we will see so if so so without curry how many games you said five you think it's going to go five either way? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Curry's going to come back. Like, I mean, if I had to predict, I think Curry's probably going to come back like game three, three or something. Yeah. That's yeah. What I was thinking. Three, I think, will be the game he comes back. 
because they're going to try to, you know, uh, hold their own at home. They think they're going to have like a little home court advantage, so they're not going to need to bring him back. Let him sit out a little more, bring him back for game three. And I mean, especially that game would be the one that the Pelicans would steal the first one at home. So and then I see the, you know, a healthy Curry or a Curry that had one game to warm up, come back for game four and five and close them out. We'll see. How about you? You think it's going? S- How many think? Six, seven? I say it goes five with Curry fully healthy, but six or seven, either or. With no Curry. Yeah. All right, all right. We'll see. Either or, whether it's Warriors or Pelicans, either or, six or seven. So I got moving back to the East. I got a question for you. Hassan Whiteside deserves to be playing more minutes in this series. Yes or no? No. No. Yeah, I say no. He doesn't deserve. To Tell play. me why. He just doesn't play with energy. Um, I was watching, you know, the game and stuff, and sure, our yeah. listeners were too. And at halftime, Shaq nailed it right on the head. You know, he's just like he's given up on plays where he thinks he should get the ball. Where if he was still a little more active, like he would be able to get the ball. Or he uh-huh. and beats out the first two games of this series. He should be killing Ilya Slova and Amir Johnson on the board. Yet the Sixers have won every single rebounding battle, you know, of these games. Mm-hmm. And Ilya Slova is getting offensive rebounds everywhere, all over Whiteside. Man, he doesn't. Honestly, if I was Spo. Game two, he wouldn't have played at all. Game at all, at all. Whenever they go small, Whiteside would not be in the game. If he doesn't want to show effort, like you know, he's. But like what if you, he's not showing effort because he's not playing? Well, then that's that's the luxury of having an energetic guy like Bam, who can literally do what you want Whiteside to do, except block shots. He's not as good as a shot blocker as Whiteside, but he's a better alley oop catcher. You know, he's a guy mm-hmm. that can switch on the perimeter, guard one through five, literally. Um, I mean, he's a little rookie, so you don't really want to trust on a rookie so much. But then you have Kelly, so you could play him, you know, spot minutes and have Kelly come in. You know what I mean? So the Heat have that luxury okay. with, with their depth where they can, you know, do different things like that. And yeah, I know Spo's like a great coach and he's just trying to get confidence in Whiteside because when he's on... The Heat are like a totally different team, but he's just not into it. And I feel like sitting him would motivate him more than just letting him play like two minutes and taking him out because that would discourage him more. I don't know. That's what I would do if I was a coach, but I suppose it's one of the best for a reason. I I agree with you with that mentality of motivating somebody by sitting them in every situation but the NBA. Like in college, in high school, in AAU basketball, I think that works. But when you're in the NBA, you know, there's so much at stake with ego, with contracts, with the way the NBA, you know, these are like legit grown men. Like, I think White's, I'm taking the opposite. Whiteside should be playing more to me because, you know, he's the guy they spend all this money on. He's supposed to be their focal point, And we know he can do it. It's not like... It's not like you're asking Dwight Howard to do this this year when you know he hasn't been able to do this the last three or four years. Like earlier this year, Whiteside had a monster game against Philly and he, you know, where he took it to Embiid. And I, I think the only way to get that confidence back is not by sitting on the bench and saying, you know, you're not going to go in unless you play hard. It's leaving him out there and saying, all right, you're going to play, but you know, you better produce like we're expecting you and let him see, okay. Oh, man, I didn't produce tonight. I played 30 minutes and I had five rebounds. Like, what? But in his mind, he's thinking, oh, I played 15 minutes. I had, you know, three rebounds. They didn't give me enough chance. Like, it's a different mentality. I mean, I don't know. I'm not I'm not Spolstra. He's a great coach. He knows what he's doing. Whiteside, maybe he is just being lazy. But I, you got to use him. You got him on your team. And he matches up better with Embiid than anybody. And they have a history going back where they went at each other. And I think it would motivate him to play. You got to play him more. I think you got to play him more. Just 
to see because I, you know, they even though they won one game and the other ones have been pretty close, I just I think they're not gonna win this series without utilizing Whiteside. You have him on the team. You got to use him for something. No, and I I agree. I want to, you know, trust me. I would love to have an engaged Whiteside. And that's the thing. Like Embiid came back game three, and he still like didn't do much. And it's like, yeah, okay. Maybe the first two games, the excuse was, you know, they were playing super fast. You know, it really wasn't your type of game. But then Embiid comes back, and Embiid lights him up. Embiid didn't play basketball for a month. And he comes in and lights you up. Like, shouldn't that be motivating enough? In game four, he did play a little better. He got more minutes because he was a lot more energetic. He had played with more energy and he played with, Mm -hmm. you know, he just doesn't have that dog in him that you would expect a guy like that came up the way that he did through the league. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's kind of, I feel like he's kind of taking these moments for granted right now. And just like, oh, if I'm mad about, you know, not playing so much, then I'm just going to pout about it and not play hard rather than just like, man, I'm in the playoffs. Who knows if I'll ever be in the playoffs again? You know what I mean? Like, this is what you play the whole season for type of mentality. He just, I just feel like he doesn't have that. And trust me, I'm one of the bigger Hassan Whiteside fans and just seeing him play like this. Is kind of discouraging. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, you got a good point. You got a good point. I think you should play more, though. You just got to do it. So, hey. all right. Go on. All right, you go ahead. You go ahead. What What's the last topic you got for us tonight? All right. So, we're going to we're gonna do something, another little bit that we're starting experimenting with. So, we just did kind of like the yes-no debate section. So, now we're going to... We're going to do something called overrated, underrated, or just right. So I'm going to give you an NBA player. You got to tell me whether you think he's overrated, underrated, or just right. All right. Give me give me some reason why. All so right. the first one, you're going to love this one. Draymond Green. <laughs> overrated. And I'll tell you why. I think he perfectly fits the Golden State system. Um. His skill set fits that Golden State system. But I do believe if Draymond Green was on a different NBA team, he would not be an all-star. And possibly not even defensive player of the year. Why is that? I just feel like he has, you know, the perfect guys around him to be successful at what he can do. He can be that utility guy. But, you know, he kind of talks. And as an all-star, too, you know, you may be a guy that on a different team, if you're an all-star, you're like the number one. Like you're a guy that you need to be counted on every night to do everything for you. Yeah. Team, whatever is needed for your team. And in Golden State, that works. But if he was on, let's say, Milwaukee, would he be an all-star? Probably not. If he was on uh, Detroit, would he be an all-star and defensive player of the year? Probably not. If he was on mm-hmm. Denver, would he be that? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. He would be a good fit with Denver, but would he be an all-star in defense player of the year? Probably not. You understand what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like that yeah. Golden State, you know, extra cloud. Like, he's a good player, and the Warriors need him. Don't get me wrong. But I just think he's overrated to the point where he's, like, an all-star. When there's yeah, guys that... I. You know what I mean? There's guys that... I wouldn't say they deserve it more than him. I don't want to make it sound like that, but I mean, dude was averaging like Lonzo Ball type numbers and Lonzo Ball was getting ridiculed for those numbers and he is getting praised for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you from the all-star standpoint. Like, I think that is all built up into the way it's voted in. Like, people have a higher chance of making the all-star game when you're on a better team in the league for example this this team with the Warriors has been the best team in the league the last three or four seasons and so they're just gonna get more votes they're gonna get more noticed you gotta give them more players to the all-star team just because traditionally that's how the league's been when the Detroit Pistons were on top of their game 
you know, they at one point they had four, I think maybe even five All-Stars one year with Bill Oates, Rasheed Wallace, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, and even just back as, as recent as the Atlanta Hawks in the East, you know, they had Kyle, Cor- Kyle Corver was an All-Star. Kyle Corver made the All-Star team um, with Jeff Teague and Paul Millsap and, um, you know, yeah, so they're, that's... I think it's just a factor of that. Like, are his numbers that great? No. To me, like, if you're talking about the all-star, he's like the all-star, like the greatest star of role players in the league. And that's what puts him there. So I think Draymond Green is underrated. I think he does so much for the team that goes unnoticed, intangibles, his leadership. He's the alpha of the Warriors. He's the one who puts everyone in line, tells them when they need to get going, tells them what they need to hear. It's not Steve Kerr. It's not Kevin Durant. It's not even Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry might be the heart and soul for the, the style the Warriors play, the fun that they play with. But when it comes time to buckle down, Draymond Green's the one yelling at everybody. Draymond Green's the one saying, you know, telling them that they need to step up on defense and and he passes the ball. He can dribble the ball up. He can make a pass. And he can guard the other team's best player, whether it be um, a center, a forward, a wing, um, a point guard. He can switch on the guards. I mean, he's so versatile. And the thing is, he he helps with the Warriors' chemistry. Chemistry in basketball is one of the hardest things to find. No matter how good you are, we see it all the time. The Thunder, if they had better chemistry, they should be like a top three team in the West. If the Minnesota had better chemistry and they could be a top team in the West instead of being at the bottom. Like, you know, teams have talent, but putting that talent together and building chemistry, that's what Draymond Green does. He's the glue guy. He's, you know, the one that that bridges the gap. He always makes the right play. That's his job is just make the right play. He knows when it's a fast break. Should I throw it to Sean Livingston for mid-range jumper? Or should I throw it out to Klay Thompson for a three? Like, that's a huge decision. Y'all know it. It, it, it really, like, Y'all and he, he throws it out to Klay. You gotta, you know. Y'all know what your argument kind of reminds you of. Like, everything you were saying is literally Joaquin Noah of the Bulls. Like, when he was, like, at his peak. And do you think Noah did Those guys are so valuable. But was Noah ever an all-star? I'm not sure. That's like a legit question. But maybe, maybe, I, I don't know if he ever made the All-Star team. I know he won Defensive Player of the Year. Right? That's something to look up. Yeah. But okay. Joe Kim Noah couldn't dribble the ball up, though. Well, he you was know? Like leading that's, the team in assists. That's assist. a difference. He was leading the team in assists as a center. Yeah, but when I'm talking versatility, Draymond Green can grab a rebound, dribble it up, make the play on the break. Like, he can do everything on the court good. He's That's not great easy. at anything. He's not a great shooter. He's not even a good shooter. He's not a great, you know, rebounder. He's, he's I have just... two more points to make on this. Go ahead. Go ahead. One, it's easy to do all of that when you're playing with three of the best shooters of all time. Joe Kim Noah all-star twice, just so you know. Oh, he was? Okay. All right. Twice, thirteen so, and fourteen. Oh, I didn't even remember that. But um, it's easy to dribble the ball up and find shooters on the wing when you're playing with three of the best shooters of all time. Like Curry and Clay are probably top five, and KD's definitely in the conversation for like top ten shooters of all time. And you're right. And I believe if. Justice Winslow was on the Warriors instead of Draymond Green. I don't even try to tell me he would have the same impact. Stop. I okay. You can you can. I think he's a better cut off this pod right now. He's a better perimeter defender. (laughs) He's just as good as a passer. He can lead the break and instead of Dragic, Richardson, and freaking James Johnson, he would have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. I think he would have the same impact. Justice I, Winslow can't even come close to guarding a center like Draymond can. He started center for the Heat when Whiteside was out like two years ago when they when he was a rookie. He started at center 
and did fine. And did fine. You, this, this is disrespect to Draymond Green right now. <laughs> and I, I don't think I, so. I, I think they have the same versatility. It's all about versatility. No. Winslow, Justice Winslow is not even close to having the court vision of Draymond Green. Draymond I, Green, his role is just do the right thing. That's the it. Heat play and, him at point guard. They literally play Justice Winslow at point guard because of his playmaking and skills. That do, that doesn't mean he's as good as Draymond Green though. Like Draymond I, is a perfect fit for this team, like you said. Yes, and can he do this on another team? Probably not because he doesn't have these guys on the same team. But that's you. why he's a role player, and his role is invaluable to this team and on any great team. Any great team, Draymond could fit in. Any great team, he's not asked to be a scorer. He's not asked to be. You know the single best playmaker of the team he's asked to be a role player who can dribble the ball up he can make the right pass he can defend every position very well not just like okay and he gets everybody going he's ready to fight anybody on the floor at all times every team needs that guy like all the great teams have somebody who's ready to go cross the line at any point if they have to sometimes Draymond does cross the line too far and it costs them for example uh, 2016 was that the year LeBron won? Yeah, I think. It was, yeah. yeah. So. Anyway, we could talk about this forever. Next topic. Next topic. Alright. This is the last one of the day. We'll see what you have to say. Overrated, underrated, or just right? right. Rajon Rondo. Which Rondo are we talking about? Regular season or playoff Rondo? <laughs> we talking we about Rajon Rondo right? Now, well, no, okay, this season, this season, including regular season playoffs, like Rajon Rondo in general, right now, I say just right because elaborate. I don't think he's over it or under it because, like, no one really talks about Rondo, but he does have those spurts where he'll have like 15 to 17 to 20 assists, and you're just like, oh, that's old Rondo. So, I think he's just right, and Coming into this year, like, I had the Pelicans in the playoffs, which not a lot of people did, because I felt like Rondo's in his passing ability with two big men like Boogie and AD was so under-talked about because it's basically like having KG and an extra, like, KG, like, in terms of, like, uh-huh. offensive. Because that's what Rondo's bread and butter was in Boston. Like, that pick and pop with KG or, like, going all the way to the rim. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, having two guys that can do that, Twin Towers, I always thought he was going to have a good impact. And he, he did all year, what I mean, which was fine. And he was a little banged up a little bit, but I think just right. And he's really playing well. Playing, he's really playing really well this playoff, so that's real good for him. So, I think just right. Okay. You think just right, then? Yeah, I'm going to say overall, I think Rajon Rondo, for the most part, is underrated. I think his whole career he's been underrated, but the problem is his attitude and his lack of effort in the regular season kind of gets him like where people just don't like him. They just they just look at him as like kind of like a little angry, like self-centered guy who, you know, people say he like... Um, I forgot the word, but he's always looking to get the assist. He's he's, you know, the one yeah, probing. A, if he doesn't a, if he doesn't get the assist, he doesn't want to pass it type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's selfishly, um, he's like a selfish passer in a sense. I've, yeah, there's a term for it. I just can't. It, it's yeah, yeah, same. I I know there's a term that we use for it. But anyway, I think he's still underrated though because he's still a great point guard. He has the experience and people just have kind of written him off i mean i know some people have been saying that it's surprising that he's even you know in the league anymore he bounced around to dallas to sacramento for a while and it was like you know his career's kind of over and he's just done but um he's proving why he's still good this year just like he did in the playoffs before he got injured last year he's just a playoff guy he's he's it kind of reminds me of Andre Iguodala. I watch a lot of the Warriors. He's a guy who, during the regular season now that he's gotten older, he barely does anything. He just kind of getting by, you know, waiting for the playoffs, contribute here and there, sit out most games, and then 
uh, playoffs come and it's like, all right, it's time to win. It's time to go. He's interested. That's what Rondo's doing. He's interested and he's showing us again why he is a great, he's a great passer. Like he's a great passer. That's what he does. And I think it's this is the first time in a long time where he's been in a good system like you talked about. He's got bigs that he can throw the ball to. And he's got an off guard in Drew Holiday now. Tacking them together is great. And Drew, it lets Drew Holiday be a, a two guard virtually because Rondo will pass him the ball. And Rondo's happy being the point guard. Rondo doesn't want to share the ball. But, you know, with Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is such an easy guy to play with. I think it's a perfect mix here right now. Yeah, so I liked it. Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought, you know, coming into the season with those three, and you know, with Boogie being out, kind of sucks. But some another addition that people don't really talk about is that Miritic trade that they did, and Miritic's been playing the lights out too. So he has that pick and pop three guy. He has Anthony Davis, the alley oop guy, and yeah, he's throwing some crazy alley oops to Davis. And like we yeah. said earlier, Rondo's one of the best passers of all time, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. And for him to have those type of weapons, you know, rolling and popping. And, you know, if they keep all those guys and get Boogie back next year, then he's going to have three huge options. And he can teach Drew a little of the things that he knows, too. And Drew's, you know, pretty good score in the mid-range. And so Mm -hmm. having that mid-range game and all those bigs, dude, the Pelicans, you know, with a couple of the right moves, they could be a real problem moving forward. Definitely. All right, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. He's he's having a great year, and it's we'll we'll see next round how how great it really is if they can, you know, move past this first round. Um. Anyway, that kind of brings us to the end for today. It's been a great podcast. Thank you again, Rod, for you know being on. And anything you know you want to say before we go? Uh, uh, the cover artist, um. Song is called James Harden by Action. Uh, anything else that I wanted to add? Um, you know, follow us, keep up with our social media pages, you know, Bonfire Basketball on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, LaFleur underscore media on you know, yep. Instagram, Twitter, and all that stuff. And you know, keep up with you know, sports. And we also do a little hip hop as well. So if you're into that stuff, yeah, just give us a follow and. You know, keep up with our podcast. We'll have a lot more podcasts coming out. Um, mm-hmm. We're all under, you know, the LaFleur Network now. So, you know, we're going to figure out some other podcasts. We've got some hip-hop stuff. we got some bonafide basketball yeah. stuff. we got some football stuff as well. So, for you NFL fans and college football fans, we'll have some football content for you as well. So, Yep, you hit it. You hit it right on the head. That makes sense. We got a lot coming out. We've been experimenting. We're trying to add more things to this podcast. We tried some new bits today. We're going to try some more next time. Hopefully you like them. Give us any feedback you have. And keep keep on the lookout because we're, you know, Bonafide Basketball, the Flair Media. We'll be sending some more stuff your way. So thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs>